and welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode, we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And this week, we're making a playlist for Driving Home from Lilith Fair with our special guest, Emily Heller. Hello. Yay. Should we call this Dorky Playlist pod for this one? (laughs) No, it's cool as hell. This might have been the quickest uh, podcast I have made. I was just like, yeah, I know exactly. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, God. This is... Oh, this it's was like all I listened to very for very easy playlist to make. Yeah. yeah. That's what I like about you is that you have a very varied taste in music. Like you listen to like a ton of stuff, but then you also listen to like and I don't, but you also <laughs> listen to all of the lesbian folk that I Ooh. grew up on. Love it. Lo- yeah. Love a lady with a guitar feeling feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did you pick this theme? Oh, my God. Well, I was just like, what's a playlist where I can put an Indigo Girls song on it, first of all? <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, because I, li- I love sort of like moody moody playlists, but I didn't want to go too cliche. But then also, I I have been to several Lilith fairs. You have? Yes. I never actually went. Oh, really? Yeah, I did oh, not have my God. enough money or autonomy. <laughs> and they were a thing. I was in middle school. Wow. So it was like my parents were paying for my little affair ticket. I had no idea how much it cost. but um, It's very supportive of your parents. Yes. Well, my first concert ever was the Indigo Girls when I was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then my second concert ever was Lilith Fair. And then my third concert ever was Lilith Fair. Um, wow. So, and then my fourth concert ever was D'Angelo, which was a, real, a real tone shift. Wow. So have you been getting younger your whole life? <laughs> or, because it sounds like you started out divorced. <laughs> it, it was really really like um cuz the whole vibe of Lilith Fair is like we do not need any men here and then the vibe of the D'Angelo concert cuz it was right after how does it feel came out mm-hmm. was we need a man we need this man <laughs> and i will i will grab him <laughs> there was a, a kind of a in retrospect scary moment when he walked out into the crowd and just his shirt was immediately ripped off his body, and then he had to go back on stage. You know, have we talked about you know the uh, the, the story about the um, um, fake Jack Sparrow at Disneyland? No. You know how they have like princesses walk around. Yeah. Like, so apparently they had a Jack Sparrow for a while, like near the Pirates of the Caribbean, and they had to get rid of him because the moms kept attacking him. What? Yeah, that's. Oh, my God. I mean, it's a rumor. I didn't work there. I didn't see it. But uh, I love that rumor because I'm like, yeah, power corrupts. It's not not about hardwiring and gender. Yeah, it's it's not like if women are in charge, no abuses will happen. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, oh, in case anyone does not know, you are a comedian and writer uh, of everything. Yeah, I, I wrote everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Seinfeld, Laverne and Shirley. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing since then, The original right? I Love Lucy, uh-huh. uh, ill-fated I Love Lucy reboot, which is I Don't Like Lucy anymore. Right. Yeah, um, people no don't one... talk about that. Yeah, it was uh, seen as negative. Yeah. Uh, the numbers weren't good. You were known as a woman-hating writer yes. for writing that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've worked tirelessly to uh, to rehab my image, starting with multiple Lilith Fair appearances <laughs> in as, the crowd as audience member. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, you have a uh, a special out now. I, yes, you can stream my special. It's called Ice Thickeners. I set out to. Lilith Fair style, record a comedy special with no men in the audience. 
And then we didn't sell enough tickets. So there were men in the audience. But <laughs> out of respect for me and my concept, I ask that if you are a man, please don't watch it. Um, there's no way for me to enforce this. I'm at your mercy. Uh, I, the power dynamics of this are complicated. Um, but then also, if not enough people are watching it, please do watch it. It's so <laughs> it's when you when you start, first had the idea and like we're posting about it, we're talking about it. I was like, oh, that is so smart. It's so good. Because not only is it funny and weird and gives people something to talk about, but it's also true. It also makes the audience better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, performing, especially like in club crowds, when you're performing in front of people who are uh, of all the genders, um, women are like you're talking about experiences that women understand. And even if they want to laugh at you, half the time they're like checking with their date. Yeah, there's like a weird energy sometimes when if if it's like if there are men in the room who aren't sold on mm-hmm. on hearing a woman talk for an hour. Yeah. And some uh, of them are just like, we're going out tonight. There's the chuckle hut. And yeah. we got a group on. So they have no idea what they're going to see. Yeah, exactly. I wanted it to feel I wanted it to feel like uh, there was an intention to the space. But also I was like. Those Wonder Woman screenings got a lot of attention. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's also a, a really good way how do I to get, make people fuss about you. How do I get that attention without also getting sued the way they got sued? <laughs> uh, and that was well, to have an unenforceable policy. <laughs> I mean, it does remain to be seen. Someone could, I guess. Ugh. Um, what a great uh, garbage fire we live in. <laughs> anyway, you can stream my special now. It's, it's out now on... Um, Comedy Central's app, YouTube channel, and website. Yes. And um, do it. Yes. And now keep listening to the rest of this It's podcast. the comedy version of Will Affair, which we're going to now talk about for a while. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to get into the playlist? Let's get into the playlist. All right. Um, so the first song is your choice. You want to introduce it? Yeah. This song is called It's All Right by the Indigo Girls. And uh, this is one of my like current favorite Indigo Girls songs. And my thinking was like... If you're driving home from a concert where they didn't play the song you really wanted to hear, you would listen to it in the car. And It's All Right is not a guarantee. Like, you're not yeah, going to listen no. to Galileo because you just heard Galileo. Mm-hmm, They're not mm-hmm. going to not play Galileo. Sure, sure, sure. They might not play this. And this is one of those songs where when I want to hear it, I have to hear it right away. Yeah, it's like you got to scratch the itch. Because I'm gay, <laughs> truth of the matter, come around. Yeah, it's a very comforting song. Yeah, I... I could have done a whole Indigo Girls playlist. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it. But I, <laughs> I was like, no, no, let's control what ourselves. A, what event is that for? Because uh, I do have a literal playlist on my phone that I made in order to prep for an Indigo Girls concert I was going to to catch up and make sure I knew all the songs that they were going to play. <laughs> um, well, I did a show one time that was two dudes. A friend of mine was really into the Indigo Girls. He actually um, followed them on tour one summer. Uh, street dude. Just very into them. And then I dig it. <laughs> he did a, uh, a show with another guy called The Indigo Girls versus George Bush. And they could, but they, they're two dudes who can't really sing. So they hired me to be their backup singer. And I actually sang all the songs. <laughs> oh my God, that's the dream. Yeah. So I just sang all the songs. And then they were two dudes in wigs. That was the amount of commitment they had to any kind of drag or character work. <laughs> Um, wow. It was strange, but I I learned a lot of Indigo Girl songs. So oh, yeah. Not, not everyone, like I didn't know all of them until then. Um, Can I just tell you my favorite line from this song? Yes, please. Is, in the bridge, 
She goes, I know I'm small in a way, but I know I'm strong. I like that. Yeah, man, that really talks to the ladies. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the uh, Indigo Girls quotes that always gets me and like, you know, you know, when I uh, wake in the middle of the night and stare at the ceiling and go, oh, fuck my life. Um, oh, the fear I've known that I might l- reap the praise of strangers and end up on my own. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I mean, you are the one who really opened my eyes to the fact that, like, all of their songs are about being on tour and being lonely (laughs) in a way that I'm, like, I understand now as an adult that I didn't as a kid. When I was a kid, I just thought all of their songs were, like, literally about ghosts. So (laughs) now I'm like, oh, right, no, these are all very elaborate metaphors about life on the road. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and, like, thinking about the people that you care about and trying to connect with people who you don't really know because... You don't know a crowd. Yeah. And what does it mean to build a life? And uh, how do you do that? Yeah. What do you have to trade? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Uh, But It's All Right is a really, in my my mind, uplifting song because it's about the things you cannot control. Yeah. All of that also makes me think, like, it's so funny, the not just having an an uh, all-woman festival. Sure. Great. Lots of ways you could do that. But to specifically do it full of like really thinky, feely songs, <laughs> like no one is twer- is like dancing and raving yeah. at this festival. <laughs> All the things you think of with a festival. There's no glow sticks. Yeah. There's no. There was a lot of weed, though. <laughs> OK. Well, there that's was fair. a lot of weed. Um, and by the way, like if you guys don't know what Lilith Fair is. Oh, yes. It was a festival that Sarah McLachlan and Suzanne Vega put on. Well, actually, I don't was think it? Su- Suzanne Vega was at all of them. But she was at all of them, but she yeah. wasn't like part of the it, organizing. Yeah, it, was, it was founded by Sarah McLaughlin, um, N- N- Dan Fraser, and Terry McBride, and Marty Diamond, who was a talent agent. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I think it was like Sarah McLaughlin's dream, and then a bunch of people was like, oh, yeah, we can make some money. Marty Diamond was like, stick with me, kid. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it I'll sell the tickets. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, uh, it raised over $10 million for charity. In the, th- the first three years. I couldn't find exactly what the charities were. And yes, it is named for Lilith, the the biblical figure. I don't, she was definitely in like a lot of Jewish mythology. Yeah. Um, Adam's she was supposed like a, first wife. She was a hard ass, right? Yeah. Uh, well, she's referred to as a demon uh-huh. often. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was a lot of that. It was a lot of her being a hard ass. She was made out of the same clay that Adam was um, mm. as opposed to being made of his rib. Ah. Um, so she was a little, little, little maybe um, adversarial. Yeah. There was an episode of Frasier where Lilith was on her way to visit Frasier mm-hmm. and someone she was sitting next to on a on a plane was like, ah, Lilith, do you take after your namesake or whatever? And she said, I make her look like a vacillating cream puff. <laughs> ah, the words that we we learned from Lilith. <laughs> And Diane. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the syndicated greats. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, the next song on this playlist, <laughs> coming off that, speaking of emotional thinkers, um, this is Polaroids by Sean Colvin. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's off of Fat City, which was her debut album. Yeah. Um, Please no more there. Oh, God, yeah, I love this song. Oh, you know this? Yeah, I forgot about it. I want to say, did she play this on uh, the Larry Sanders show? Maybe. She was on the Larry Sanders show a lot. A lot? Like, multiple times. And she, like, represented 
like a woman that he deeply respected. Yeah. <laughs> like anytime like he was doing something sort of shameful, it would be like, oh no, Sean Colvin saw that. <laughs> Which I thought was really interesting. That makes sense. I, I buy that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that debut album, uh, or wait, no, her second full-length album, I'm sorry, uh, was released in 92. Um it's called Fat City, as I said. She was on the Lilith Fair main stage in 97, 98, and 99. I must have seen her. Um, right after Sunny came home, right? So, like, yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe that was in there someplace. It was in there someplace. I, th- I think I saw her play Sunny came home at Lilith Fair. I must have. Mm-hmm. Uh, great choice. Thank you. It's. I think it's a little bit uh, obscure-ish. Yeah, it's one of those ones where not a guarantee she it. would play it at Lilith Fair because it's not like a full hour-long set. Mm-hmm. You might be itching for it in yeah. the car. Are you thinking, like, how are you thinking about, like, the drive home? Is it, like, are you energized or are you exhausted and you want to chill? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think, like, probably processing a lot. Yeah. You know, like, thinking a lot about a lot of stuff that I, like, saw and heard. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm, how do I feel about that? And, like, I want to make art also. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, and this song is about, I think, about, like, being young and making art and figuring out yourself specifically in i believe new york city um but just kind of rattling around and being in between child and grown up yeah so she's got an amazing voice oh i love her i love her she's great you i don't be, listen to her enough you know i gotta that, get back into it you know that uh that song uh say i'm sorry now i know how does that go one of the most heartbreaking parent songs i think it's, oh. um i'm gonna make you hurt I know I will. Or I'm oh. going to make you cry. I know I will. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say I'm sorry now. Oh, I guess oh, I chose up. <laughs> oh, boy. Just like that pressure of, oh, my God, I have to take care of a whole person. Yeah. <sighs> that terrifies me. <laughs> I don't know why I do this, but, like, when I hear her sing, like, even though her voice is so delicate, I'm like, wow, this is a very confident performer. Because there's nothing. She's, it's, like, unaffected. It's, it's the short hair. <laughs> but even like not seeing her, it's just like hearing yeah. her voice, the way she performs these songs. It's just very like it confident feels, and very assured. Yeah, it feels very honest, too. Yeah. Like it's not overly performancy, but it's also not like super raw. It's just like, here's my singing voice and I like it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, Polaroids. You want to put on the next song? Oh, yeah. Um, so the next song is... Tyrone by Erica Badu. <laughs> this was released as a lead right. single in support of her album Live. Um, and I did see her perform this at Lilith Fair. She was on the main stage of Lilith Fair in 98 and 2010. I must have seen her in 98. Um, and she brought her baby on stage. Very, very Erica. Yeah. <laughs> very Badu move. And I think this was, it, it was for this song that she brought her baby out. Oh, is this the radio edit? I guess so. Oh, well, no, we faded. You faded. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. but it was, I'm getting tired of your, oh, you don't, it's okay. Oh. Uh, radio edit is fine. You don't have to play it again. time you come around, you got to bring him. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a real, like, uh, you, you, you ain't shit kind of uh-huh. song. But without, like, 
boo-hoo, you know? Yeah. It's perfect for Lilith Fair, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> and also for me, because I had never heard her before. I saw her at Lilith Fair. What did you think? I thought it was great. Yeah. It's like, I mean, she's one of the only people whose performances I really remember. Why? Because the baby. Probably because of the baby. <laughs> yeah. I think it was probably because of the baby. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It felt like I had seen like an extra celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> did she hold the baby the whole time? Uh, no, I think she um, probably... Took the baby off stage after. (laughs) I think the baby was like maybe like two and could like walk around a little bit. When I saw uh, Mariah Carey, she brought out uh, Dem Babies, I believe. (laughs) She hashtags them. Uh Um, And uh, and just presented them to the crowd and was like, look. (laughs) Here are my babies. (laughs) Goodbye, babies. I think they sat in a little throne for one song and then she was like, goodbye. Um, So did you buy T-shirts at were you like the girl who all year round was like, can't wait to get back to the playa? <laughs> um, I remember distinctly that um, the T-shirts there were like $45. Yeah. So I did not buy a T-shirt. That was always the problem, but it was so important to me, and I didn't know about bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember having like one Indigo Girls shirt that I had bought at a show that I was like, this is the thing to do. I should buy some vintage Indigo Girls shirts online. I mean, that's my whole life now. That's what I should be doing with my time and my money. What am I doing? Yeah, that's... Because I never bought one at a show. That's... uh, I am constantly buying old shirts from shows that I either went to or wanted to go to. (laughs) And that is why... That's the move. That's the type of eccentric witchy lady I am going to be (laughs) in my twilight years. No, I never, I didn't buy any Lilith Fair merch. Wow. Yeah, now's the time. Yeah. It's uh, it's ripe for the picking. Um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go, go look back into that. Um, I think ty- called, uh, Tyrone is also worth mentioning as far as the uh, cultural touchstone it has been. Yeah. I feel like along the lines of by Felicia. Yes. It's like, yeah, okay, call Tyrone. Yeah, it's like that's that's what you think of when you hear the name Tyrone now. Yeah. It's Sorry, it, has Tyrone. Not, it has not been replaced. I wonder when someone's gonna like you know like use your name in a diss song. <laughs> no, I mean like sample that song again. Cause it it has been long enough, like you know how Nicki Minaj, like Anaconda means something. Is mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you kind of do think of her song now a little bit more than Baby Got Back. Yeah, well, it, um let's see. The title is referenced um, in Kitty Cat, um, okay. Beyonce's Kitty Cat, and uh, and a couple other songs. R. Kelly. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> and R. Kelly's um, Yeah, we don't have to. Yeah, no. But. I'm not saying someone should. I'm just saying I'm surprised it hasn't happened. Yeah. Uh, or, or What a Day. Because that one even, I think, kind of grooves a little bit. Oh, more. yeah. What a day. What a day. Yeah, that would be a great sample. Anyway. Anyway, the next song on the playlist uh, is Criminal by Fiona Apple. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Crank it. Please. I mean, what a cool orchestration. Yeah. So many different little things going on. So many things going on. And can I just say, as an alto, I appreciate an artist who puts out songs that I can sing sing along with, with no falsetto, no adjustment, no key change. Yeah. Like, it's 
I love her deep voice. It's, yeah. you know. And the, um, I almost get the feeling that, like, she could sing higher. She probably does have this head voice. I haven't listened to enough of yeah. her stuff to be like, oh, to reference those songs. But that she knows that this is a cooler place to sing. <laughs> like, this is who she wants to be. Interesting. Like, uh, I, so it's like she wants to learn how to smoke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in high school, that's what she came for. I wonder because I'm like I'm trying to think if I've heard her sing in higher octaves because I don't think of her as like a T-Boz who I know for sure was doing that as an affectation. Yeah. Well, not even affectation so much as like well, this is a just, choice. This is just where I like it. Was making it. Yeah. a choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I. So I was watching a little interview with her at Lilith Fair this morning. Oh, hell yeah. This. yeah. And she's so young. She's like... She's so young. Yeah. Um, she was 19 or something, right? Oh, when this song came out? Well, this song came out um, in September of 97. Okay. Well, the album came out in 96, title. Okay. Um, but she was on the main stage at Lilith Fair in 98. Okay. Um, and I don't know when she was born. She was born in... Uh, Grammy Award for the best female rock performance, vocal performance. Wow. For this. She was born in 77, so in 98, she, she would be 21. 21. Yeah. Okay. She was 21. Pretty young. Yeah. And she was talking about, like, oh my God, you know, I've, I got to open up for some of these people. And, da, 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 da. Um, and yeah, it was just cool to see her yeah. be so, so young and excited, excited about this. to be. You want someone to be excited at Lilith Fair. Yeah. That is the best. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, it, I felt like it was just a, um, like a punchline all the time. Lilith. Fair. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I fucking, I wonder, it's a bummer that like when they tried to revive it, it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Because truly, I think that the conversation around it would be different now. I don't think it would be the punchline that it was then. And I don't, and I think it would, you want to think it would draw. Well, that was in 2010. When yeah, they did that, and yeah, that was nine years ago. That's I mean, true. Check it out, Sarah. I get was back just, on it. I was just thinking. I was like, could we do a Lilith Fair for comedians? I was actually thinking about this uh, like a week ago. While I was driving around, <laughs> and I was like, I think I should have just talked to you about it, and maybe we shouldn't do this on mic. But I was like, I feel like we would all enjoy that a lot more. Yeah, because uh, then we would get that to would travel together. So dope. Yeah. Do like 20 minute sets, which is still enough time to like stretch out. Yeah. And then just have a nice, <laughs> nice time hanging out. Could we sell those tickets? I, I have no think idea. So. <laughs> if we, we had, the, to, if we had we, the right lineup. Yeah, we'd have to get some some biggies on board. But mm -hmm. what a blast that would be. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good way to develop a new hour. Or if Lilith Fair just had a comedy tent. Ah, that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Bring Lilith Fair back and have a comedy tent. Now, Lilith Fair, yeah. So they don't, here's a, here's, who, <laughs> here's something that I'm, why don't festivals really travel anymore? Like yeah. they used to, you do the Lilith Fair tour, your Lollapalooza tour. Now yeah. it's like, get yourself to Bonnaroo or forget about it. Yeah, I wonder what happened with that. Or get yourself that. to Coachella. Because... I mean, I could see that something like this happening now as a one-time destination in the Bahamas. Yeah, VIP yeah, luxury yeah. helping us put it together, but he doesn't get to perform. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, we should do a comedy Lilith fair. Definitely do a comedy Lilith fair. Maybe okay. we do a comedy Lilith fair and then have a side music tent and let some people <laughs> come through. <laughs> 
get Ani DeFranco in there. She never did a Lilith Fair. She never did a Lilith Fair. That was surprising to me because when I was putting together this playlist, I was like, does Ani belong on this? Mm-hmm. She, I mean, I would, I didn't put her on because she'd never performed at Lilith Fair, which is very surprising. But then I was like, I could totally see someone listening to her on the way out to be like, mm-hmm. oh man, I kind of thought Ani was going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I checked also. I was like, well, I guess on it. Oh no! And you know who knows who? who er, er, there's politics everywhere. Yeah, did Righteous Babe Records have a beef with Will <laughs> Fair? Maybe somebody was like scratched the wrong way at a party one night and was yeah. like, well, you won't be going to Lilith, <laughs> or I won't be going to Lilith. Yeah. Uh, the drama. <laughs> All right, the next song is yours. Okay, the next song is mine. Um, this song is, and again, I wanted to kind of, ins- for the bigger people, stick with songs that they may or may not have performed mm-hmm. and not like the, I, I'm, I wanted to play a Bonnie Raitt song. I wasn't going to play I Can't Make You Love Me. Sure. This is Angel from, from Montgomery, which uh, I think she, yeah, it's a cover. Yeah, the original was by John Prine. Yeah. Uh, I could have put the... There's, there's a live version of this, too, on Spotify. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is another A child that's grown old God, she's so good. She's really great. Um, she said about this song, I think Angel from Montgomery probably has meant more to my fans and my body of work than any other song, and it will historically be considered one of the most important ones I've ever recorded. Wow. Yeah. So she liked that pick, too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah she she kills this song. It's It's great. How did you find this one? You know, I don't remember. You know what's weird? I actually think I found this song because it was quoted in another song. Like, huh. I, I didn't grow up listening to Bonnie Raitt. She wasn't one of, like, the Lilith Fair artists whose albums I had. Um, but, like, there was this Paul Barabo song where he mentions this song and he sings a small riff from it. And I was like, I wonder what song that is. And then I like looked it up and I was like, oh, this is much better than that other song. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just like this has kind of found its way onto a lot of my like playlists that I make for like singing along with or making for other people or doing it karaoke. Um, Are those your top playlist themes? Along <laughs> with? Um, well, it's just one of those sort of like earworm ones where it's like I put it on the playlist of like songs where I feel like when I need to hear them, I need to hear them, you know, mm-hmm. which is like a, a style of song for me, I think. that's. <laughs> what do you think makes that kind of a song for you? Do they have any common element or it's just been an experience you've had multiple times? I'm not sure what the common element is. I'm sure I could look at like one of those playlists and try and find the common thread. For me, when I have to hear a song, uh, it's because it's stuck in my head or about to get stuck in my head. Yeah. And the way that that works, apparently, is that your brain kind of files things away. And if it can't complete some aspect of the song, if it, if it, there's like a tricky chord in it or or lyrics that are unresolved or you can't remember or like just an unresolved chord, uh, it kind of leaves the the file out on the table. It can't close oh, it up and, and put it interesting. away. Um, that's why that by Menon trick works because it's like now I've ended it yeah Um, you know the trick my friend taught me was grand champions robots in disguise 
<laughs> just yeah, and that ends some it. way of ending it. You just have to resolve <laughs> this thing that's trying to yeah. figure itself out in your brain. That's interesting. I I do think that like a common a common theme in the songs that kind of get stuck in my head is some sort of expression against powerlessness mm. of some kind, uh, and not that I consider myself a powerless person, but like. Those are the m- emotions that are the most difficult to resolve, obviously, because you don't have power yeah, over things. Like when you don't have power over something in your life, it conjures feelings that are difficult to manage. And that's where, where music really helps. And I think that um, probably there's something about this song that connects to that with me. Yeah. Like songs that that you think that you feel like express that feeling or songs that are like, you're powerful, you can do it. Uh, songs that express the feeling okay. and attempt to make peace with it or reconcile with that feeling in some way, I yeah. think. Yeah. So you're in a community of powerless uh-huh. <laughs> cool people. Or that I can see, like, the beauty in powerlessness or the universality of it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it's not a mistake. Yeah. Just part of it all. Yeah, that it's, I'm not alone in it, too. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Bonnie Raitt and uh, so many of her songs i f- like for me it's the uh the, um what is the hey shut up don't lie to me oh i like you that love me why can't you she's great she's, she's great. also got like my dream hair hair yeah, yeah like graying pattern Whew. who uh, how how could you wish for anything else I love it. I mean, maybe two streaks. <laughs> maybe two streaks. But yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. Um, you said you were an alto. What's your uh, musical background? So I uh, I grew up playing a couple instruments, but I never like I didn't stick with either of them. Um, and then. And I think in part because of my ADHD, uh, I didn't realize that, like, I didn't have the discipline for something like that that was really slow. But singing I had done from a very young age. Um, And so when I was in, like, elementary school, middle school, I was in choir at my school. And, uh, like, and then in high school, I was in, like, the advanced chorus. And so, like, there was a time, a very brief time in my life where I could, like, sight read. Wow. Um, which was, I didn't even really know I could do that until I auditioned for Advanced Chorus and they handed me the sheet music and I could do it. Um, and, you know, like, and then I was in a band and like, I've... What? Well, we played one show at our school. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but like, I... What were you called? Um, it depends what week you oh, were asking okay. us, but I think the final name we settled on was The Refunds. Nice. Um, and then like... We kind of almost reformed when I graduated from college and moved back to the Bay Area. And then um, me and my brother wrote a bunch of music together, too. Like, we've done that over the years, I think, as recently as, like, a few months ago. Cool. Um, but because uh, my brother's a really talented musician, and sometimes I'll just send him lyrics and he'll write a song, um, which is pretty fun, uh, yeah. which is what happened uh, yeah, a few months ago. So you write lyrics with no, no, like melody at all. It's like a like just no a poem? melody, just like a po- just like kind of a rhythmic poem. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes I will re- like there was a a song we wrote a few years ago where I recorded myself singing a melody mm-hmm. and then sent it to him and then he like orchestrated it and like figured out a bunch of stuff and then that got recorded by um, 
Amber Hoffman of Dirty Projectors oh, cool. for the soundtrack of my sister's movie, Diary of a Teenage Girl. And oh, it's on wow. the soundtrack of it. Yeah. It's um, a very talented family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, and we, we've done that kind of thing in a variety of ways ever since we were in high school together. So um, I've always had music as like a thing in my life and I like singing a lot. Yeah. Even though I don't have I mean, like karaoke with you enough to know that. That's <laughs> true. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never. I don't think I've ever just been able to just write something without a melody already in my head for it. Whether it's a melody that I'm making up or one that has been given to me. Oh, interesting. Um, but I do that thing where yeah, I'll record it to a click track and send it and send it off. Yeah. And someone else will like orchestrate around it. Yeah. Yeah. The click track I, I've used. Yeah. I, I think the song that I wrote that was just the lyrics that we just did was like I might have had a tiny tune in my head, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted it to be. So I was like, I'm just gonna let him write. And then he like what he wrote was so great that I was like, Oh, this is even better than I could have thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun thing about collaboration. Like Stuff that you never would have come up with on your own. Like, I always think about the reference points I've got in my head are only as many as I can keep in my brain. Uh-huh. And when I work with someone else, then I've, like, doubled them. And you end up, yeah. let alone a few other people, and then you get this these things that never could have never existed could have if you would just try to pull them out of your brain. Yeah. And yet women frequently <laughs> are looked down upon for being more collaborative. I know. Generally. It's... Collaboration's awesome, guys. Yeah, it's just uh, like in the and when I say that, I feel like now now I like overthink everything because I'm like someone's gonna get upset about something. But, um, <laughs> if they've listened this far into a podcast about Lilith Fair, <laughs> fair point, fair point. Uh, but I did take this women in art class in college, uh, and my instructor, our, our, our professor, had us divide our paper into two two halves, and on one half write down uh, male characteristics and one half female characteristics of artists uh-huh um like what we find what type of work they do how they work blah, 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 what we find in their work and then do the same thing and make those make a list of cool things and uncool things oh interesting and the female things pretty much lined up with uncool and yeah. the male things pretty much lined up with cool and one of them was like group work collaboration um yeah 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 Helping <laughs> In, instead of uh, lone wolf, and I yeah. always remember that with the year that um, Beyonce and Beck were both up for the same Grammy, and the people made these memes um, of like all the people that had worked on the Beyonce album versus just Beck was credited on his. And I'm like, first of all, it's not a bad thing to be able to collaborate with other people, and second of all, really, you think that was just Beck? <laughs> himself you think he did that all by himself no, not a, not a single, not okay i mean i mean hey maybe maybe that maybe. to me is just like that is just like concrete proof that that guy's definitely an asshole you know there's no way that that person is not a fucking asshole I, it's I, I don't know the guy so <laughs> i don't want to blow up his spot but i'm just saying i think it was an unfair reason to try to shit on beyonce <laughs> um so, yes, coming off of that uh, Bonnie Raitt song. Yes. Um, oh, by the way, off of the 1974 album Streetlights, that was. And she was on the main stage of Lilith Fair in 98. And now the next song is Sweet Lorraine by Patty Griffin. Off of Living With Ghosts from 96. Sweet Lorraine 
was her debut album. Drinkers and dreamers who knew Do you know Patty Griffin? I don't know Patty Griffin. Huh. Well, she was on the second stage. Okay. Will Affair in 97, 98, and 99. Dang. I love her. Um, the, her songs are real. Well, she's done a lot of songwriting for the Dixie Chicks. Oh, cool! So a bunch of her songs. Actually, one of their song, one of their albums, is named after one of her songs that they did. I think it's uh, "Top of the World," maybe, um, or maybe it was a tour that they did. But this song is like pretty shredding. Um, it's yeah. about this girl. Um, Emotionally shredding, yes. not like guitar shredding. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> her, her mother called her a slut and a whore the night before her wedding day. The very next morning at the church. <clears throat> the very next morning at the church, her daddy gave Lorraine away. So it's about this girl that, like, nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted or, like, was good to. Oh, wow. And she gets away from him, and they're still, like... Go fuck yourself. She's like, I'm leaving. That's what you wow. wanted. Um, so it's uh, it's a real like shredding. Yeah, it's shredding, but it's also like knock down, get back up, kind of. Yeah, I think like fuck all y'all. I um, like that. Yeah, she but she also has just some real like whew, like there's this one song called Tony that's about a guy killing himself, and it's uh, uh he d- it's uh, a boy in her hi- I mean her the character on the song I don't know if it's real um, but a gay kid that she was in high school with who killed himself and so she was like oh it's it's something about like you were sitting in front of me hurting so much um, and I didn't even know and you didn't know that I was behind you feeling the same way or maybe it's the other way around but whatever it's just like Yikes! A lot of Lilith <laughs> music is so sad. so depressing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying about the like. This is a festival, guys. I'm where's the waffle truck? <laughs> yeah, I do remember there being pretty good fried food. <laughs> good. You need something. Like I want to say I had one of those potato spiral things, but I don't Ooh, know. <laughs> man, I did not experience those until the aughts for sure. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm just sort of. Uh, rewriting history <laughs> yeah no i oof. i mean but then again i didn't go to welfare yeah it's not advanced enough uh want to do your next song yeah the next song is kiss the rain by billy myers <laughs> <laughs> remember this song guys <laughs> yeah we're turning it around yeah i mean this song's also depressing <laughs> yeah, but it's a little more upbeat is it? I mean, like <laughs> tempo-wise, is yeah. it? Maybe it's not. It's like, hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> uh, this was getting through to you on her debut album, Growing Pains, released in 1997. Mm-hmm. It was the lead single. Um, but it was also included in uh, season two, episode two, Crossroads. Of Dawson's Creek. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. Okay. Dawson's Creek was going, like, whoever was the sa- music supervisor was, like, a Lilith Fair. Was a Lilith Fair person. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, God, is that what it's going to take to get another Lilith Fair is for like another Sarah McLaughlin song to be in the <laughs> credits of a very popular show? Uh, but I saw Billy Myers perform this song at Lilith Fair. Uh, and I was so excited because I like did not have a concept of her as like a one hit wonder in any way. I mean, maybe she's had more songs since then. But like this song was really big on Alice 97.3 in the Bay Area where I grew up. And that was my favorite radio station. And this song was like all over it. And she was at, I think, maybe the second stage or the village stage. She was at like a smaller stage. But she was, yeah, second stage in 98. Second stage in 98. And I think I was like the most excited person in the audience to see her. And I think she could tell. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I only knew this one song. Like, are you serious? You could tell. Like, were you on I'm someone's not, shoulders pretty, screaming out? It was, I was pretty close to the stage because there wasn't a giant crowd. It was like four in the afternoon, I think. I don't yeah. remember totally, but I remember seeing her kind of up close. And I was like, I just saw Billy Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who was I even talking to? No one cared about that. <laughs> um. So now, wait, were you... Were your parents with you the whole time, or did they drop you off? They, I went with another friend. Okay. And, like... So you I guys were wild and free. Were we wild and free? Were we with her parents? I don't remember. I don't remember anyone being there aside from Billy Myers. <laughs> Everything else dropped away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I'm imagining yeah. a middle school you and this woman doing some sort of balletic performance. <laughs> You run into her arms. There's yeah. definitely rain. Um, so you can kiss it. My parents were definitely not there. But when we went to the Indigo Girls, which was my first concert, my entire immediate family came. My, me, my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad. Who's I, whose idea was it? It was my idea. Okay. But everyone was into it because everyone in my family loves the Indigo Girls. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> Are you rendered speechless? <laughs> a little bit. I'm. I'm just. I'm uh, so excited that your family was like our yo- youngest child, right? Yes. <laughs> our youngest child has an idea. We're all in. Let's all do it. We're, I went down to the warehouse with my mom, and we bought the Indigo Girls tickets to see them at the Greek Theater in Berkeley. Nice. And we all went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I remember it was like we brought our binoculars because we were up in the grass, and then there were a bunch of. Rowdy lesbians taking their shirts off and dancing around topless, and that's what my brother used the binoculars for. <laughs> um, I'm realizing now, as far as like to the the show that we need to get this um, Lilith Fair thing going, I feel like maybe that's your show. <laughs> what do you mean? Like that's a show you should make, or oh. maybe a show that you work on needs to have more. Needs to have more songs. Lilith Fair. I have a feeling I'm gonna. That's gonna be a hard sell at Barry. Yes, you do write for Barry. <laughs> uh, but maybe, maybe I can I can try and write it into some scripts. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, I'll yeah. work on it. I don't, I don't I don't have the pitch, but. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, what, what was that? Was it a Showtime show that was the roadies thing? Oh, yeah. I think it was just called roadies. Yeah. So that, except it's just it's Lilith Fair. It's just Lilith Fair. Oh, God. It's basically the next L word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Musical L word. Musical L word. That's, that's what this is. Music. I should probably take this <laughs> off the podcast because that's just an actual Patent idea ending. I can sell. Oh. <laughs> ah, sell these things. Don't give them away. Oh, well, whatever. The next song in the playlist is Buffalo Stance. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. By Nina Cherry, mm. who was uh, the main stage, on the main stage of Lilith Fair in 98. Now tambourine. Oh, shit. Right yeah. Now. yeah, see, now this is a mm. festival song. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Finally, we can party. We can party. We don't have to sing these songs about abortions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So at this point, like, you on your road trip home from Lilith Fair, you, you've, like, emotionally processed the things that you need to. You've yes. cried. Somebody told someone, like, some upsetting story of something that happened mm-hmm. to them at a house party or whatever. Yeah. Um, in my experience. Um, now we're changing then, the mood, trying to stay awake on the drive home. Yeah. I think probably stopped at 7-Eleven. Yes. I think probably we're back in the car. We got sodas. Yeah. Skipped ahead a few tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Probably like a, a box of gobstoppers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, really treating our bodies bad. Uh, yeah. Because we're young and we're going to live forever. <laughs> and we're jamming And out no one's going to understand us when we get back. <laughs> Yeah, because they didn't have this experience with us. <laughs> and they don't even know what a buffalo stance is. <laughs> they think it's about buffalo, and it's not. It's about fashion photography. <laughs> Posing and being cool. Mm. God, Lil' Fair was way cooler than people gave it credit for. Yeah. <sighs> so many female-centric things I, are. I like that we're get also getting angrier the more we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very appropriate. <laughs> well, that's why you ha- we had to have the, like, uh, Sean Colvin's and Sarah McLaughlin's, the soothing, like, yes. it's okay, your feelings can go to sleep also. Yes. And they'll be there in the morning. I'm going to almost drag us back to that with the next song. Okay. But, I mean, not really. It's Tom Di- <laughs> Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. But it's the version with, um, with the beat behind it by DNA. Yes. Also British dance music. Oh. I pick pick them in the order that I picked them. (laughs) You you give me Uncle Tom's Diner with DNA. I'm going to put some Buffalo Stance around. Yeah. Um, Because her original version of this is just a cappella. Which, yeah, is... Have you heard it? I have heard that, yeah. It's boring. (laughs) But Suzanne Vega, OG Lil' Affair, played every single one. Every single one. Her and Sarah McLaughlin, the only solo artist to play every single one. Wow. Supposedly. Were there other artists that played? I think they were the only ones who played everyone in general. Like, I don't think there were bands. Did the bands. Indigo Girls? I don't think the Indigo Girls played every single date. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, well then, yeah. They, they played it every were. year, but they didn't play every single date, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they are staunch. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone loves Tom's Diner. Yeah. The other day I was at a show, at a, I was at a bar show waiting to go up, and I was sitting... At, at the front, in front of the window, and this dude came up and just fully started fixing his face at me on the other side of the mirror, side of the window, <laughs> like using his reflection. Yeah, and I didn't know that it was such a reflect, like because he was, he did, he, in his experience, it was just a mirror, like yeah. how into it he was and how close to my he face he was in the interrogation room and you were yes. identifying him in a lineup. Yes, yeah. and I was like, this is going to be fun when he walks in. <laughs> And he walked in, did not say a thing, and I was like, must be, is he being a man? Um, but it did make me think of this song. This song, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is that thing. It, this she song sees her own reflection. Definitely makes you think that you can just write a song because it's just like, it's just writing down a thing you saw. <laughs> yeah. There's a speaker in the corner and your shoes are really red now. They've been red before, but now they are the thing that I am noticing. And I know that we are doing this. See, yeah, you can just keep doing it. Keep going. Um... 
Yeah, I got really into Suzanne Vega for a while. When I was working in New York, when I was a concierge, this ticket broker took me to, uh, he used to get free tickets to a bunch of stuff. And uh, his his big play was taking me to two shows. I went to two shows with him. One was uh, Suzanne Vega. One was uh, Pat Benatar, who also played a little affair. Oh. Um, and the Suzanne Vega one, I was like, oh, I'm, she's so great. And like, got, I, got, I remember I got like a book of her poetry and stuff. Oh, wow. She's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pat Benatar, I don't think did poetry, but I would buy it if she did. <laughs> I don't think I saw Pat Benatar at Little Affair, unfortunately. Yeah, that was a that was like a deep cut surprise that I was like, ah, where, weird, where, why, when? Yeah. Um, this was also there are some surprising picks because it really is. It's not a folk festival. It's just like women in music. Yeah, yeah. Um, this uh, was also in the soundtrack for the uh, for Untamed Heart. Oh, yes. You remember Untamed Heart? No. That was the movie, uh, let me find it, it was 1993, uh, with Christian Slater and Marissa Tomei, where I believe he has um, an ape heart. Oh, right. Like they work at a diner together yes. and he can't love her because he has the heart of an ape. <laughs> Is that correct? I think it's really good when we process news stories through movies and their wild interpretations of what medical medical news yeah. means. Well, and also how hearts and emotion actually work. Yes. That they come out of that. Yeah. You could have a murderer's hand. Or an ape's heart. And then you murder people and you eat bananas. Yes. Um, so I, also I think at this point we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're moving away from the the um, womb-like atmosphere yes. of the fair. Unraveling the macrame, as it were. In our hair? <laughs> yeah. The- we're taking out our hair wraps now. <laughs> did you ever get hair wraps? Of course. You did? Yeah. I never did. It, like you didn't know anyone who did them. I, like my sister did them. I think I tried to do them on on myself once and was like bored. Yeah, I was like I can't keep going. That's with this. fair. I, I I only got them a couple times, but they made me feel amazing. Like, just they're... like I was like I'm amazing. This <laughs> feels great. I'm I'm so cool. I'm so beautiful. I just everyone needs to see this. I used to have the experience frequently when I was a kid of like, this is the moment I redefine myself. Yeah. Oh, of now, course. Now. I'm this. Like, in my head, it would be like a montage of me walking in, everybody being like, whoa, she's cool now. (laughs) It never worked out like that from the outside. (laughs) But I feel like that, like, if I had gotten hair wraps, I would have been like, this is me now. how you would have felt. I mean, I have a joke in my stand-up about that of when I made myself a necklace out of a tub of oregano. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which was my attempt to be like, I'm the oregano girl now. That was like uh, my new identity because I was like, I don't think that this is territory that anyone else is covering. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, is like, what is it? Is that is that that powerlessness thing that you were talking about? That like, <laughs> I'm gonna have, take control of this and of decide the, control my... the narrative of yeah. who I am. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like I wanted some kind of identity that. Maybe a uh, youngest sibling thing also? Maybe, yeah. But I feel like it's kind of a universal thing when you're like a kid and you're trying to figure out who you are and what makes you special, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know why that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing that made you special wasn't anything that you did. It was what you looked like. <laughs> so you were always special. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's important, guys. That's what's truly important. Uh, the next song on the playlist is Rock Me by Liz Fair. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
You know the song? I just like Liz Fair. This is from her least popular album. <laughs> but I like it. I think you would like this too. Yeah. about dating a younger guy. Oh. Guess what rock journalists didn't like? <laughs> this song. This song. <laughs> they were like, oh, it's disgusting. She's throwing herself at a younger man in this song. And it's like, well, I think she's just fucking a younger man in this song. Uh, and I'm guessing you're an old man, yeah. rock journalist. Like, they really got upset about it. Did you really like that Weezer song where he's talking about uh, writing love letters to a teenager in Japan? Is that the kind of thing that you'd prefer? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, if you did not believe that there was a double standard in society and entertainment for women, if you read the... Uh, reactions to this song it oh, should fucking convince me I am so ready to go on a deep dive about that um, I lo- the lyrics are like um, uh, your record collection don't exist you don't even know who Liz Fair is um, <laughs> she talks about like I want to like I can't remember exactly how she says it, but it's like I want to go home with you to where you live with your four roommates um, and she, she's like so, uh, fucking cool <laughs> Damn, I, she's so cool. She's really cool. And this was off of uh, Liz, the album Liz Fair from 2003. Um, and let me see. Is there anything else notable? No, just people fucking hated it. Um, she was on the main stage of Lilith Fair in 98 and 99. Okay. Yeah. Might have seen her. Don't remember. Yeah. I, I was there in 98. Yeah. I think I went in 97 and 98. Yeah. Yeah. I think that... Um, if I like at this point, I probably would have been like, she's like too grown up for me. Yeah. Like uh, the the stuff that because this, this, I mean, this song this came stuff out would and go like, way over my head. Yeah. Polyester Bride went way over my head. Yeah. Like I was I was Exiling too young for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I should I should listen to more Liz Fair because I bet it's right up my alley. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah. Yeah. This was the album where she was like proving she could do pop stuff. But. People were sort of like, no, 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 we meant pop stuff about um, big dicks. you got to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still the rock boys. <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing oh this. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you? I'm at Mr. Emily Heller online everywhere. Um, you can find my my new special, Ice Thickeners, on the Comedy Central app, on YouTube, on cc.com. My album, Pasta, is also available for purchase. Um and watch the new season of Barry out at the end of March. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com. And you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess in the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.